When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Um, was not planning on going live today, but we got some news. So um, wanted to jump in. The 49ers come out with not only a new he- a defensive coordinator, which you know everybody was expecting to come down the line at some point, also a new assistant head coach. Um, this is episode 1080 of the 49ers Rush podcast, and I am here to talk to you about the pros, the cons, uh, how Shanahan handled this, how John Lynch and all this stuff, how this shakes out with the draft and the combine, which is still going on as we speak. Um, there's a lot to get into, and I, I think the initial thing is there's not a big surprise here. I said on just on our last episode that it's going to be an in-house move. Um, Bullocks or Sorensen would be the guy. And Shanahan kind of chose to have his cake and eat it too. He keeps his in-house guy. He keeps the guy that's worked with them. And he brings in some outside influence on the defense to try to help out as well. So uh, we'll dive into all those things. Want to say thank you to everybody that is here with us. Josh, appreciate it, man. Hashtag CC. He says, definitely look like they wanted a DC with some kind of DB coach experience and mindset. Look, you can say what you want about Steve Wilkes, and there's a lot of negatives there, and I understand that. You cannot argue that the 49ers defensive backs played better this past calendar year, season year, than they have at any point um, under Robert Sala or D'Amico Ryans. This was the best DB play we've had. And it was it was kind of like weird because we were taken back so often because you got these corners making all these plays, you got safeties making plays, and all that in, despite you go into the Super Bowl 
And you've got a rookie, Jair Brown, who had to play because, you know, your all-pro safety was out with injury. And then you're playing Logan Ryan at nickel, which he hasn't played in a decade, in the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I will stay with this, you know, kind of whatever. The best unit to play in the Super Bowl was the defense. I don't think that's debatable. The best unit to play in the Super Bowl was the defense. Way better than the special teams, which was terrible and I think cost us big time. And way better than the offense um, with the turnovers and all that stuff. So, you know, not that this is like a blade thing or whatever, but I do like the – look at the way the roster's built. You've got Nick Bosa. You've got Javon Hargrave. You've got Armstead. That's three long in the tooth well-established, highly successful players on the defensive line with Chris Kucerich, right? Look at the linebackers. Yeah, Fred Warner. Yeah, linebacker number one, baby. Yeah, Drake Greenlaw, who I expect to come back, you know, relatively early, might miss the first month of the season with the Achilles, but he's young. I think he's going to bounce back just fine. You've got two top, I'd say, six linebackers in the NFL right there with Johnny Holland, who has the most coaching experience on the staff at the linebackers. Now you look at the DBs. Huff's young. That's third year. Yeah, he had all pro year, but Huff's young. I think he's going into his fourth year. Yeah, Jair Brown, he's a rookie. Yeah, Demo, you know, coming off his rookie year. You got Demo, who's played awesome, but still on a rookie deal. You got Charvarius Ward, who's kind of the stud there, but who's going to be the other guy? It sure as hell ain't Ambry Thomas. It's not. Is it Daryl Luter Jr., another young pup who doesn't have much experience? So, <clears throat> and I agree. Like, if I could choose a DC just based off what they coach, I'm going secondary nine out of ten times. Eh, I'll say eight out of ten. The other two, I'm going to go linebacker, and I'm never choosing a D-line coach, and that's somebody who got their start in the career as a D-line coach. Not that it's wrong. It's just... As a D-line coach, you don't concern yourself with coverages. It's just the way it goes. Uh, where's Jim Tom Sula to help us with this analogy? Um, anyway, I know. Sorry, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Tom Sula's incredible. He's a great coach. Just no business being a DC or a HC. He had none. Um, right here, Bassman. What's up, brother? He says, good start to the season. Now we just need a new old line and some D-line depth. I agree. And I, I do like this higher. You know, my number one thing that I said that I wanted out of the defensive coordinator position, somebody that's worked with Kyle Shanahan before. Outside of that, I was okay at Biard. I said, outside of that, I don't care. Somebody that knows Shanahan and can put up with that dude's micromanagement. It's the head coach. He can run it how he wants. But that's what he needs. Somebody that's worked with him before. Sorensen checks that box. He's been there for two years. Uh, you know, defensive backs coach. We'll go through. Let, let, let's do that now. Why not? Who is Nick Sorensen? If you don't know, um, as a player, you know, went to Virginia Tech, was a stud there. And what I was reading up on him this morning, it was funny. I woke up at like three o'clock this morning and just couldn't sleep. I had a bad night. And so I was like, oh, I'll just play on my phone and do some draft research, whatever else. And so I'm going through all that stuff. And then I see the announcement, and I think it was at like 4.30, maybe around 4-something a.m., you know, Pacific Standard Time. And I'm like, oh, no way. So I start just, you know, I'm laying in bed going through stuff. One of the things I thought was interesting, he was recruited as a quarterback 
to Virginia Tech. And guess who convinced him to change his position to defense? Michael Vick. <laughs> you know, just nobody. Just a Michael Vick guy. Um, which I thought was really, really cool. So he played for Virginia Tech, was awesome there. Goes to the NFL as a safety, but really just a special teamer. Uh, he played for Miami in 2001. The Rams um, for a couple years. And won a Super Bowl there with the Rams. And then Jacksonville Jaguars, he was there for four years. Cleveland Browns for four years. Special teams. He's never started a game defensively in his NFL career. He's a special teams. He's George Odom on steroids. That's who he was as a player. Then, as a coach, and I, I think that this is kind of what's important about him, he goes to Seattle Seahawks as just a special teams coach. And he's coached special teams more than he's coached defense. The 49ers new DC has never called, this is the negative, never called a defense in his life at any level. Never. That's an issue. <clears throat> now, let's be very honest. You know, John Lynch and Kyle Shetty have come out and talked at spades about how they want to stay with their system. They like what they have in place. This is a pretty damn easy defense to call. This is not a Spagnola defense, which I do like that Kyle Shanahan reached out to him. Spagnola for the Chiefs before he signed his extension. But this is probably one of the simplest defenses to call, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I mean, we run base more than almost everybody. And so I think, I think that's a concern. Now, <clears throat> he goes to Seattle, coach special teams, assistant special teams coach. Under Brian Snyder, our current special teams coordinator. I don't think either one of them are very good special teams coaches personally, but that's okay. Um, then, after three years in Seattle, he switches, stays in Seattle, but then assistant DB's coach in 2016. And he was their secondary coach in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. So you've got five years defensive coaching experience under Pete Carroll. That was the Legion of Boom time and all that stuff. He was there. He, he he was there for all that. So you've got to give him the experience there. But right after that, what happens, he gets fired. And he has to jump in and fill in for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They hire Brian Snyder as their special teams coach. He, personal reasons, skips town a week before the season starts. They scramble, and they bring in Nick Sorensen as their special teams coach. This is under Urban Meyer, one of the worst coaching staffs ever created. Uh, the 2021 Jaguars, they go 3-12 and 12, uh, or 3-13, and 13, whatever. Special teams, this is the only time Nick Sorensen has ever called a unit. They were ranked 29th out of 32 teams. They were terrible. Now, everything was terrible about that team. Head coach matters. Urban Meyer is one of the worst of all time, if not the worst. Um, it was not good. So after that, the 49ers bring him over as a defensive assistant the following year. Then he gets promoted to defensive pass game specialist Nichols coach in 2023. And so that's that's another thing that's crazy to me. You know, again, if I'm trying to find negatives here, which usually I don't do, he coached the worst position on our team, the Nichols. They were terrible. They were terrible this year. Demo who was awesome, and whenever he moved to nickel was by far our best option, but he wasn't good at nickel. And so, like, that's a little bit of a concern. But I go back to this always. The nickel position is probably the hardest to play on the entire defense, 
It's a tough position. The NFL struggling with it. And I really hope we get a young top-end nickel corner. Like, I want top three rounds, if that's possible, uh, just because it's such it's been such an issue for the Niners for a long time. So, you know, that that's the coaching career so far of Nick Sorensen. My favorite thing about him is he's worked with Kyle before for two years. So he knows he's worked with Bullock's Holland, Kucerich for two years. He knows. And this is where the get Kyle's cake and eat it too comes in because you keep somebody that knows the system. Wilkes didn't. And has experience with our players, with our coaches, and with Kyle, most importantly. So that's two. Then you bring in somebody outside with a lot of experience not in our system. And so it's a little bit straddling the line. I get that. But you needed some outside influence. You needed some fresh ideas. And Brandon Staley, I get it. There's lots of jokes to be had about his head coaching career. I understand all those things. But the one thing you can't say, this dude knows defense. And if you look at the Chargers and what they did defensively, guess what? Brandon Staley wasn't working with the defense. He was working with the offense as the head coach. He hasn't worked with the defense since he was the D.C. for the Los Angeles Rams in 2020 when they had the number one team. Now, here's the weird thing about Brandon Staley. He doesn't run our scheme. He's a Fangio disciple through and through. I mean, that's just, he has been with Fangio through the majority of his career. So let's go through Brandon Staley. Let's talk about how he got to where he is. And, like, Kyle Shanahan is the number one nepotism coach in the NFL now that Belichick's been fired, right? Like, <clears throat> Belichick's hiring his cat and dog to do stuff, any of his family members, and that's his prerogative. He had the power to do so. Shanahan, very similar. He's only hiring people he knows or his dad knows. Any player that played with him at a previous place, he's bringing with him. That's just who Shanahan is. It, it's, it's who he is. Now, you look at Brandon Staley, he's the exact opposite. <clears throat> this is somebody that is the definition of like a bootstrap type coach that worked his way from the bottom to the top. He did everything on his own. Everything. Started off in 2006 as a GA for three years <clears throat> at Northern Illinois. Three years. Ooh. Hold up just a second. <clears throat> I wonder when or when was Jimmy Ward there? I always spell Jimmy Ward with a Y. Oh, it doesn't pull up on CRS or SRCFB. Okay, here we go. Jimmy Ward. I am curious because I, there might be some overlap there. Oh, he played at Northern Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, they were there at the same time, I believe, because he was there from 2010 to 2013. Oh, they missed each other by a year. So Brandon Staley started off as a GA for three years, and he was gone the year before. So he probably helped recruit, to be honest with you, Jimmy Ward, which I think is cool. Then he goes to St. Thomas, Minnesota, which is a D3 college. It was a defensive line coach. Then he goes to Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, assistant head coach DC. And so he was there for, you know, DC. So he's called defenses before. Then he goes to university of Tennessee as a GA. Like this dude had to fight his way up. I love that, man. 
I absolutely love that. Sorensen different because he was a top tier player that played in the league for almost a decade. So that's going to change. You know, he has the connections. You can't say that about Brandon Staley. This dude started coaching at 24 years old. Then he goes to a D3 school, John Carroll of Ohio, defensive coordinator. Then James Madison, defensive coordinator. Then back to uh, John Carroll, defensive coordinator for two years. Like this dude, he worked through D3 as a GA, DC, calling all that stuff, whatever else. Then he makes his move to the NFL. And that's after 11 years of GA and working at D3 schools. He joins the Chicago Bears as an outside linebacker coach for two years under Vic Fangio, which I freaking love. And li listen to this. Let me open this up. This is the 2017 coaching staff. It was under John Fox. They weren't good. They went 5-11. and 11. Talking about Brandon Staley now. Vic Fangio was DC. Sean Desai was the quality control, right? He was the Eagles DC that just got fired. Ed Donatel, Chris Modkins, Dave Ragone. I mean, there are some... Ryan Pace was the GM. Like, he's worked with some guys there. And even the next year, they pretty much, you know, keep a lot of the guys there. They bring in Brad Childress. Like, he's worked with some guys. Chris Tabor. Like, those are some coaching names that he was with at Chicago. Then Vic Fangio goes to the Denver Broncos as the head coach, right? And he brings Brandon Staley with him. Listen to these names. Rick Scandrello was the OC. That didn't last long. Ed Donatel, the DC. Renardo Hill. Chris Modkins. Mike Munchak. I freaking love that, man. Like, this guy has spent some time with some coaches. Then he goes to the Los Angeles Rams for that 2020 season. And guess who the OC was? Yeah, yeah. The OC was Kevin O'Connell, who's the head coach and play caller for the Minnesota Vikings. DC was Brandon Staley. They went at it every freaking day at practice. I love that. Joe Barry was on that staff. Liam Cohen. Giro, uh, Giro Evero was the safeties coach. Like, there are Shane Waldron. Like, there are some guys that he has coached with and against that I love. Did it work out for him as head coach? No, it didn't even though he had a great quarterback or whatever else, just didn't work. Some people are supposed to be coordinators. And this is the second failed Chargers head coach that we have as, as assistant head coach, and I love it. I like the Anthony Lent play. You remember Mike McDaniel gets taken away. Shanahan's right-hand man for like 10 years, and Shanahan buttresses that support by bringing in Anthony Lynn. A lot of that had to do with Bobby Turner, the running backs coach, taking the year off as well. But whatever. Shanahan did what he needed to do to help himself, bringing in an experienced offensive guy. Well, now Anthony Lynn's gone. Now you bring in an experienced guy to help out your young DC. That's awesome. And on top of that, the gravy or the cherry, whatever you want to call it from the South, I'm going gravy. To top it off, you get to keep Bullocks who would have been a great D.C. hire. So now you're dealing with, you're getting Sorsen. Awesome. We don't know. Could be great. Could be terrible. But you've got somebody there to support him that's been not only a head coach, but a D.C. How many years has he been a D.C.? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. 
seven years. Brandon Staley's been a defensive coordinator. Six of them were at the college level, but still, you call a defense, that changes. It just changes everything. And so I think that's huge. And then you've got Bullocks there as well, you know, that's going to be coaching the DBs alongside Sorison, which is interesting because Bullocks was in charge. He was the main position coach over Sorison. Now Sorison goes above. So I, I, these guys have worked together for a few years, but that that's interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Bobo says, where did he go wrong in L.A.? That was a great team. Yeah, you know, you talk injuries, that was an issue. They couldn't get the defense established, you know, and let me look up. I'm, I'm looking up there, just their ranks real quick. 2001, they had a top five offense. They had the 29th defense. That was their issue in 2021. 2022, they had the 13th ranked offense and 21st defense. Defense was the issue. Offense started to slack. Last year, both were bad. 21st offense, 24th defense. It just, and a lot of it, the division they were in was tough. You know, you had Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, and, you know, the, the Chiefs just dominated everybody. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't watch a lot of Chargers stuff, but that that's just not his thing. That's just not his thing. Hugo. He says, can things change during training and preseason? I'm not quite sure what you're referencing there. But, yeah, things can change for sure. Uh, Josh says, uh, not a huge fan of Staley joining the staff, but in Kyle, I trust. That's the thing. It's bonus. I wanted somebody with experience. So, like, you got all of them. You know what I mean? You got the new guy. You got somebody that's been with Shanahan. I like all of that. Um. Gosh, I like this, Aaron. It says, Kyle hit the deadline, but was like any student turning in the assignment at the last moment. There's nobody, there was no competition. There's no competition. Every other team, 31 out of 32 teams had their DC. The 49ers didn't. There was no rush. You knew you were going to stick with the same scheme. So everybody at the combine, you you know what you're scouting for. Kucerich's picking his guys. Holland's picking his guys. Bullock's picking his guys. Those scouts have worked with our coaches. They're just gathering data, right? And that's all we're doing right now. Like the 49ers rush team. Like I, I'm diving through every single second of the combine. Not because the combine's more important than film. God knows I'm going through the film too. But because I want all the data. I want all the stories. I want to know what why they changed schools. What's their foot, you know, hip. If I'm watching DBs. What do their feet and hips look like? If I'm watching linebackers, are they violent? Do they have wasted steps, false steps? You know, what's it like? Just trying to just aggregate because we've got this list. You know, we put out the 49ers rush draft book. How many years now? I think eight. I think this would be nine. Um, we've been doing this a minute now. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Episode 1080. That's crazy. I'm so thankful and I'm so happy to be here talking about this. But, like, you know, we got 250 players we're going through, and we'll add to some of that. But I want to know all these things and how they fit with the 49ers. And that's exactly how the coaching staff for the 49ers has been treating this combine. Like, who are 49ers fits? Who fits with us? Who fits our culture? Who fits our play style? Who fits our scheme? Those things weren't going to change. 
And so the bringing in of Staley, I, I think it's just extra. And if, this is an if, and I don't like thinking this way, but let's say Sorensen's not cut out for it. He was terrible as a special teams coordinator. But let's say he's not cut out for it. Well, guess what? You've got two viable options in-house that are right there in Bullocks and Brandon Staley. That's simple and very, very easy. Um, right here, Big Papa, my man. He says, the synergy seems to work, at least on paper. Let's see what it goes like in practice. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, being in the Bay Area now, of course, I'll be at the training camp practices and all that stuff. Excited about that. But, yeah, we, we've got to see kind of what that looks like because we don't know. We do not know. Nick Sorensen was not on the front burner at all. You know, everybody was all eyes on Wilkes, and then I'd watch our position coaches. I cannot think of one time that I saw Nick Sorensen out there with anything, but again, he wasn't even a position coach. He was just an extra. We'll see. Shanahan's done this in the past. He did it with Bobby Slowick, kind of exploded up onto the scene. Now he's going to be a head coach next year, probably. Not this upcoming season, but the following. Um, Mike McDaniel kind of shot out of nowhere. Like, this is what Kyle Shanahan does. And maybe, just maybe, we need to give Kyle the respect he deserves at evaluating coaching talent on his staff. Because, damn, the NFL is peppered with Shanahan Disciples. That tree, it's take it's taken over the NFL in only eight years. Now, you, somebody's sitting there saying, yeah, what about Steve Wilkes? Never worked with Steve Wilkes. And that didn't work. It was oil and water. Didn't work. I love Steve Wilkes. I wish he was still our DC personally. But if you don't work with the, oh, the head coach, you got to go. You got to go. That's just the way life works in the coaching thing. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could share more of this story. Let's see. How can I do this? I worked for a head coach when I first started. Look at this. I'm representing, baby. Duncanville, baby. Um, Duncanville, Texas. Like, my first head coach, he's a good coach, workaholic, whatever else. He brought in a very, you're talking Hall of Fame level coach that was his best friend for like 30 plus years. Their whole lives they were best friends from another state. But, I mean, coaching Hall of Fame member brings him in to call his offense one game into the season, they get in a shouting match, and dude quits on sight. Walks out, middle fingers up in the air, just done. D-U in. And you're talking, both coaches won multiple state championships. Like, top of the top of the top of the coaching world. But it didn't matter. It didn't work together. They didn't work together. They're best friends. I think they're still friends. But, like, sometimes it just don't work. It's just all that it is. It's like a marriage, man. If if there's animosity and it's coming across those headsets, which, man, you know, the whole coaching staff, they're sitting on those headsets and they're listed. And, man, you get in the heat of battle and you are going back and forth on there, that permeates everything. And if it don't work, you clear it out, you get the divorce, you start over. I don't mind that. And, again, I it, we even see this in the Trey Lance trade. Swing for the fences, baby. That's awesome. Like, go get somebody with so much experience that you can see if it works. It didn't work. You move on. And Shanahan is so damn good at that. 
Look at Ru- uh, Ruben Foster, right? You trade up for this dude. He's going to be the foundational piece of the entire system. Doesn't work out because of off-the-field stuff. You cut him loose the day before a game. I don't care what we game plan. You're gone. I love that, man. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I love that. Aaron, um, he says, what's the deal with Womack? He generates turnovers, but I heard people point to tackling as the reason he wasn't playing. Him and Wilkes didn't get along. We'll see. Uh, Womack's the best special teams player we got. He was a healthy scratch down the playoffs. And the person that took his spot, the rookie, was the one who the ball hit off his foot in the Super Bowl and cost us a turnover. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the issue is there. Because what's crazy is I thought, and again, we got to put everything in perspective. Talk about Samuel Womack. I thought Nichols should be his spot. Jimmy Ward talked about the coaching staff didn't like him there. He was too soft or whatever. He wasn't physical enough, which is crazy because special teams tape says something different. So this year, he never got a, a chance to play in the slot. He was outside only, and he got passed by everybody. He got passed by every Thomas, got passed by Daryl Luter Jr. He was fine in training camp, so I don't know. Um, we'll see if this is – we'll just have to see what, what happens. Um Let's see here. Staley was with the Legion of Boom. I don't think so. Uh, he was never with the. Uh, you're, you're talking Swordson was. Yes, he was. Um, right here, Quinn. So you personally think this will improve our defense? I think that Shanahan and John Lynch found a way to keep everybody. Still there, the major players, right? Coaches. You got all three level coaches. You're promoting one up to see how he can call it. And you're bringing in some outside influence. I think that this is a very safe, fair way play. I think that this is a double, if that makes sense. Like, you know what you're getting. You know exactly what you're getting. Sprinkling in just a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of creativity, a little bit of outside thinking with Staley. But no, this is, we're keeping things the same way. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this makes our defense better. I think it makes Kyle Shanahan sleep better at night. I think that it makes Kyle Shanahan just kind of like relax a little bit because he knows he can cuss out Nick Sorensen and how to get along with him. And Sorensen will tow the company line. And at the end of the day, whether that's a positive or negative, that's what Kyle wants. That's what Kyle wants. Um, Geo says, is Kyle just supposed to be the coordinator? I really hope not. I uh, hope he's the one that's going to get us over this hump. And, man, we're one play away, dude. Like, for the people that are talking about, like, Kyle can't win the big game, it's like one play away. You're one play away in regulation. You're one play away in overtime. You got to get there. Um you got to get there. And, you know, the players at the end of the day, they got to execute. You look at that third down call and, you know, overtime, it was a good call. Uh, Purdy missed the read. But Purdy played awesome. It's it's a whole thing. You got Patrick Mahomes. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Um, So, yeah. <laughs> He's never given that up on the offensive side. Uh, right here, Bobo, I like this. Kyle should hire a big dom on the sideline like Nick Sirianni. No, I'd say, golly, man. Ugh. That I don't want to do anything that Nick Sirianni does ever. Um, and I 
I've heard amazing things about Big Dom from lots of people throughout the NFL, but nah, I don't want no goons and I don't want no goon on the sideline. I don't need that. And if my head coach needs that, man, no, I'm out. Dude, nothing that Nick Sirianni does. I don't want anything to do with that. Yikes. No, <laughs> no, absolutely no. Um, anyway, um, so I, I think, I don't know. I, I walk away from today, this morning, and I, I keep going back to this. It's just Kyle Shanahan found a way to keep continuity with a little bit outside and kind of appease everybody right down the fairway. He's got the personnel. He's got the scheme that he's comfortable with. Don't shake it up too much. It feels like he shook it up too much, bringing in the outsider, Steve Wilkes. He says, nope, sticking with guys I know or guys that I know once removed. That's Brandon Staley. Worked with, you know, nothing but Shanahan-type disciples. So that's kind of where we're at. So we'll see what happens, and we get to kind of put this part to bed now. We're not going to know anything until after trading camp. That's what we got to wait for. Play calls are going to stay the same defensively. Positions going to stay the same, calls, alerts, hot reads, blitzes, stunts, language, all that's the same. That's great news. I love that. Continuity is always important in the NFL. We got to see how he calls it, though, right? And that's the thing where it's going to get weird. So uh, that's going to do it for our show today. I, it's time to go aggregate some data and start evaluating some talent over at the uh, Combine. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all. And until next time, stay strong and faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.